Good morning, folks. Great to be here. Uh, I was told a couple of weeks ago I'd be teaching today, and I haven't done that for a while. I'm not a, a teacher, as you know, uh, just to help out with the church. But it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, to be uh, sharing God's word to the people. It's a big responsibility. I was saying to Simon, sometimes I can speak in front of uh, corporate companies with a thousand people. I'd have no anxiety. But speaking to a few people, uh, to God's children, is a big responsibility. So I prayed a lot. So uh, <clears throat> during the week, uh, it was no problem of what I was going to teach about. It just came to me straight away of, for the church. Um, it's, it was about strength. Uh, and not strength as in physical strength. I mean, years and years ago, people needed strength. You know, in the old days, because everything was all physical, building and all that. Now people can sit in the chair the whole day. Everything is done. Food can be done by pressing the button, cooking by pressing the button. So nowadays we don't need strength physically because everything we want in our life now can be done with the press of a button. But what we do need is, uh, is, is a strength, strength, um, strength for, physic- for, for spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually. So that's where we need strength. So, so then that was the topic. It says, okay, strength for the church. And it says, okay, well, I go through, uh, at the moment, as you know, I'm going through the whole Bible, an intense study for the first time in my life. At the moment, I'm going through Kings. I says, well, will I go through where I'm at in Kings? But then I hear the teacher saying, well, no, that teaching is your teaching. The teaching for the church is different. That's your personal teaching. And anyway, it'd be very difficult for me to teach on what I'm going through because I've been going through it for the last six months. I says, okay. And then, okay, then will I go on um, uh, the church at this moment? Not yet. We're not going through a, a, a Bible for Bible study. Otherwise, it would be very easy. For me, if you know my personality, I'm, I'm a person of order. If I'd rather uh, know what to do, when to do, and I would just do it. So, like, uh, uh, for example, if I go to the gym, I know I go to the gym at half seven. It's structure. I, don't need, to, I need structure. So, so it's okay, well, then what am I going to teach on? And, of course... Mon, she's not here, so she's, uh, she says, do short. Okay, so I'm going to do, it's going to be short, but it's going to be powerful. <laughs> who, 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 who'd have, you, have you ever gone to a very long uh, teaching and you got none out of it, but you've gone to a short, uh, a short message and remained with you for the rest of your life? So that's what I want it to be. I want it to be powerful. And the reason I know it's going to be powerful is because it's not going to be me. It's going to be coming from the Word of God, you know, through the Spirit, you know. So then it says, and then Simon gave me a bit of inspiration as well. The book of Psalms, that's easy because I didn't want to pick a book. And for me, I wanted to go through word for word and do a chapter. So the book is, uh, in the book of Psalms, that's easy. So we could easily do that in a small teaching. So, surprise, we're going to go through and, uh, uh, Psalms 92. Now, for this particular teaching, everybody needs to have a Bible. It won't, won't work. So, hands up, who hasn't got a Bible? No, no, don't worry, we'll get you a Bible. No, 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 seriously. I need every individual, no sharing, I need every individual to have a Bible. Just, no, because we've got, Simon, can you get the two Bibles? So, we've got a couple of spare Bibles. So, hands up, who hasn't got a Bible? Who hasn't got one? One. Two. Simon, two. Anybody else? You're okay? Yeah. 
Okay, so we wait. But while, while Simon's getting to a couple of more Bibles, I want everybody to go to Psalms 92. And we'll just wait till he comes back. And uh, <clears throat> here's one here. So we're in the Old Testament. Yeah. I'll pray while Simon's coming back. Uh, Lord, I thank you. First of all, I thank you, Lord, that we could be in a in a place, Lord, where we can uh, speak and study and learn and read your word, Lord. Uh, we're grateful that we have your Bible, Lord. We're, we're grateful that we could read, see, listen, uh, that we have ears to hear. Uh, some people are deaf, can't hear. Some people uh, don't have sight. We could see the word. We could hear the word and we have a place to be. We could fellowship with people, Lord. So I'm grateful for these things, Lord. And Lord, I want you to speak through me with your word, Lord, to the people, Lord. I know it's short, but we know, Lord, this is going to be very powerful. I'm going to have, it's going to have uh, an impact for us uh, till we see you again, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so there's Simon with a couple of Bibles. Yeah, two there, Simon, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to share. Yeah, yeah. So when when everybody's ready, just go to Psalms ninety-two. Now, I, I've I've given the title of this Psalms. This is Vittorio's title for it. You have given me strength, O Lord. Okay, so that's if, if I if I could if there was a title in the background on the up here, you know, like somebody needs a title, I would put just to visualize. There's a big title up there. You have given me strength, O Lord. Okay, uh, but there's two things I want you to have as a foundation as we're going through all of this Bible. Okay, two things. So as we're going through every single word. Just, like let's say we're speaking about a building and there's, there's two foundations. So these are the two foundations as I'm speaking this, I want you to think of a fresh anointing, okay? So, and it's, I don't, well, I don't think it's a coincidence. When I came in the door today, I was greeting people. The first thing I, when I was speaking with Soren, he said to me, uh, yes, we need anointing. And I says to him, <laughs> I said to Soren, that's, that's, that's the foundation of our talk. That's the very first thing. I, I, I could have came in a minute earlier, a minute later, spoken to somebody else. He could have said something different. He didn't say, how are you? He says, and it says, Soren, that's going to be one of the foundations, two foundations of fresh anointing. And, and anointing, is, it's an Old Testament thing. And, uh, like they use like oil, okay, oil. Uh, as an anointing. Now, for, for if anybody was sick or needed healing, uh, now it wasn't the oil that healed the person. So, like, it's not. There's no such thing of getting a magic oil and uh, and putting on the person and they will be healed. It was a representation of God's spirit and the belief in that that that, that would heal you. And and oil, uh, and I could really relate to oil because my parents are both Italian. And they live in Italy, but they live in a very old part of Italy, right in the middle, in the middle. I mean, like, if you can picture where my parents are, it's like the way Italy was 100 years ago. There's no difference. 
and my parents have land, you know, and in that land, the majority of the garden is, is olive trees. They've got 35, not, not branches, not bushes, olive trees. And my dad needs ladders to get up. And every November, my father would, um, would cut the leaves and then burn the leaves. And then in the spring, then he'd make olive oil, press, press the oil. And the, I mean, I don't know if you've ever got oil in the shops, in the shops here. It's, it's not nice, doesn't smell nice, but that oil is so nice. You could put, you could actually, my dad would say, get the, the, the taste and put them in. No, no, just trust me. It's very nice. Very fresh, really fresh. So if you got the oil you got here, e even if you go and get um, olive oil, it's compared to my dad, it's fresh. And here we're talking about a fresh anointing, okay? So, so dusty, dusty oil, the anointing, but fresh. And what about fresh? The best way I can describe fresh is uh, I'll give a parable, my parable. Have you ever gone uh, or away? Uh, or uh, either away and come back to your home or, or gone to a house that has nobody's been there some, and there's been nobody in that house and it's just like that. It's not, not dirty or not messy, it's just like it just, there's, there's no fresh smell because the windows have been closed. And then you see this ad, I don't watch TV, but I can, I can think of, uh, it's a Febreze fresh, you know? So, so you, you press this air freshener, you know? And then, and then you walk out of the room, and then you walk back in. I mean, normally you don't get when you go into the room. You, uh, uh, um, you, if you're here for a while, you get used to the smell. But if you're out of the room and walk back in, you get the smell, and then you get used to it. But if you ever gone out of the room and then you spray it, and you come back in, and you can fresh that. So, so, so we're going to get a fresh anointing, okay? So that's what we all want. So a fresh anointing for all of us. And the other foundation. Okay, that I talk about is is uh, gratitude. Okay, and it's a powerful antidote. Okay, now I, I, we have here. I, I'm not a nurse. Okay, number one, I, I'm not a nurse. Number two, praise God, I've never had an illness where I needed to get medication. Okay, so normally, if you have some sort of, I don't know, let's say it's a cold. Okay. Then I don't know what people take for a cold today. I, um, I don't know that they need an antidote for that cold. Okay, uh, but sometimes, if, if if let's say some people can have a headache, they can go to the pharmacy and say, "Oh, I want this for my headache." I don't know, sulfidine is it? Or, let's say sulfidine for the headache. But let's say somebody has severe migraine, a severe migraine that's been ongoing for a long time. They would go to the doctor and the doctor would give them a prescription uh, to give them an antidote that's powerful. Because if you get something that's powerful, you can't get it over the counter in the pharmacy. You have to get the permission. That's why they give you... Uh, so I'm not a nurse, so that's the, uh, I think, I'm sure that's the way it works, a powerful antidote. So gratitude, two things. It's an antidote, but it's powerful. Okay, very, very powerful. So as we go through all of this, the second foundation is that gratitude, a powerful antidote. Okay? So that's my three perspectives on this. But if you want the Lord's perspective, <laughs> uh, Psalm 92 is actually a book, a psalm for the Sabbath day. It's a psalm for the Sabbath day. Now, it's not about the Sabbath. It's the only book 
in all of the Psalms, that's for the Sabbath day. But it's not about the Sabbath day, it's for the Sabbath, okay? So it's, it's more on focusing on God and who he is, okay? Uh, previously I thought it was an unorthodox, but I think I found later that's David. So obviously this is written, you know, obviously in the Old Testament, a uh, book by David for people that needed it, you know? And as we all know, I don't need to go into the story of David. We know David, he, he is a magnificent, I mean, he's, he's the center of the whole Bible. If you think about it, he's, he's talked about in the past, present, sort of a, a center, he's part of a big jigsaw puzzle for, for, for the whole Bible. And, and David, as we know, was a natural man as well. I mean, he's, he's, I, I didn't realize until I studied First Kings and Second Kings that I, I just looked at him as a, as a giant, but he's, he, he went through a lot of uh, uh, flesh stuff as well, you know. Uh, but then this psalm was written by him um, uh, for people at that time. Okay, so it's, it's, so psalms, like it's basically the psalms we all know is the Jews hymn book. Okay, now, so let's go to, we all, if we can all go to Psalms 92, and we can go to the first verse, okay? It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Okay, I'm going to read, actually I'm going to read the first three verses. Uh, to show forth thy love and kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon psaltery upon the harp with a solemn sound. Now I'm reading, I'm doing this deliberately, I'm reading through the King James Version and the reason is it says sometimes when people read the Bible it says oh what is that, what's that word because we know it wasn't written in English in in, uh, in the Hebrew, so sometimes you need to go to a word that was written in the Hebrew. So I I, I picked the, the King's Angels. So actually, you're getting it's good because you're getting two versions. If I was reading from the same version as you, you're getting one version. So you could see your version while I'm reading my version, but it's the, it's it's the same thing, but just using different words. So I, I think so. I want you to go along. With it. So let's go back to verse one. It is a good thing. So. If I could underline, if, if I was writing on a piece of paper, I would underline a good thing um, uh, to give thanks unto the Lord. So people say to me, well, I mean, what, what, why do you guys sing at the beginning of the church? You might say to somebody else that doesn't come to church, why do you guys sing at the beginning of the church? Or why are you giving thanks when you're going through a rough time? Because it's a good thing. Okay? Uh, we all want to do what is good. And it's a good thing. If I can underline that, so, so underline, it's a good thing. And to give thanks unto the Lord. So that should be uh, highlighted. And as you know, that's, that was one of the foundations of my talk, is gratitude, give thanks unto the Lord. Uh, now, when we talk about give thanks to the Lord, I'm not talking about the good things he's given to you. Uh, it's, it's giving thanks to the Lord in all situations, okay? So even if you're going through a difficult time, okay? He says, well, how could I give thanks to the Lord is if, if I have this bad thing going on in my life at the moment, this bad situation, this bad circumstance? Yeah, you give thanks that the Lord is fighting that battle for you. You're giving thanks that that's going to be sorted. That's what you're giving thanks for, 
okay you're not giving thanks for oh thank you lord for this circumstance i mean you're, you're giving thanks lord listen thanks for giving me the opportunity to show my faith if nothing bad happened i mean you can't say you're a faithful person if not i mean if we go through this life through with a breeze and uh, you, you can't say you were you were a faithful person because you, 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 it wasn't tested so I'll give you an opportunity to be tested. And we don't need to be, have wor worry, anxiety, or fear because uh, we know the outcome. So, it's, it's, so giving thanks to the Lord is, is even through our bad situations, to give thanks to the Lord. And I never get out of bed. I, I think at this stage it's become such a habit like brushing my teeth. Uh, when I get out of my bed, I, give, I, I always think of at least six or seven things that I'm grateful for. Uh, sometimes it can be in the same areas, like generally, like, uh, uh, whether it's the, the family area, the home area, the work area, even my hobby area, my, you know, my health, um, my spiritual area. Uh, uh, so, so I give thanks in all those categories. But if I, when I give thanks in all those areas, I can choose different things. So every morning, I always give thanks in all different categories of my life. Uh, and don't worry, you won't run out of things to give thanks for. Like for example, health. Well, you know, for example, you can, you, can, you can pray that I've got water, you know? You'd be surprised. I mean, I don't watch TV, bro. I think I was putting on to watch a documentary, and then the ad was coming up for uh, children in Africa. The water, the, the, first of all, you cannot go without drinking water. And you says, I wouldn't drink that. Trust me, if you hadn't had water for 40 days, you will drink anything. And the water that they have is, I won't say what's in it, but basically there's dirt in it. Like if we drank it, we would probably die. And, and they drink that water, and that's why they come up with these illnesses. So when, when you drink your water, you might say, oh, my filter, I need a new filter, and you're, you're going, I mean, like, you've got water, you know? So, so that's, that's, that's gratitude, so to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name. Um, that's what we do here. Uh, when we praise the Lord, okay, the Most High, uh, praise, sing praise to the Lord, the Most High, when we're worship, worshiping the Lord, people think that um, oh, we need to um, we need an instrument, or we or we need to sing. Um, singing and playing an instrument is not worshiping the Lord. That's just a tool. It's an instrument. Uh, if you want to hold, if you if you go to buy a drill. Uh, you didn't go to the hardware shop because you need a drill. It's because you need a hole in the wall. You don't want the drill. The drill is a tool for the hole in the wall. So we're praising the Lord is like that hole in the wall. The drill is a tool. Us singing here and the instruments is a tool to express. Okay? Uh, very similar to, uh, I remember somebody saying, because me, I was brought up Catholic and we were always stay quiet, sit down, don't move. So I was only in, the, in 2020 when I became a Christian when I seen this, you know, lift up your hands. So when you lift up your hands, it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're praising the Lord. It's, it's where, where, first of all, praising the Lord comes from our heart, okay? You can get somebody going like this and their heart is not in it. And you can get somebody sitting down and their heart is in it. But if your heart is in it, 
and your hands come up like that, that's a tool to show the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's uh, to sing the praise of Most High. To show forth thy love and kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness at night. Okay, upon an instrument of ten strings and upon palstrey, that's verse three, upon the harp of with a solemn sound. Now, sometimes the Lord, I, I, I'm not sure what it's called, parallel or where you get uh, in the Bible where you get two different phrases or two different words saying the same thing. Okay, maybe it's the, it's the word. Sometimes you get the Lord saying uh, the word twice or sometimes uh, he could say the same thing with two different words or two different sentences. And here uh, we've got a couple of them praising the Lord. Okay, so there's two times you can praise the Lord. Okay, so it says here, show forth I can rise in the morning and night. So time-wise, we can praise the Lord in the morning or at night. So basically, it's 24 hours a day. And there's two ways we can praise the Lord. We can sing to the Lord. Now, for me, I can't sing. If I sing, it would actually ruin it for everybody else. The, the only way I can get away with singing is if there's a, a, like a choir and I could participate in the choir uh, just as a noise, but not, not uh, so that I could sing. Uh, now, what I could do is the other way you could praise the Lord is an instrument. Remember saying that's a tool, it's a vehicle to praise the Lord, an instrument. Okay, now I, I can play an instrument. Like uh, when I was a kid, uh, for eight years I played the accordion, so I could praise the Lord with the accordion. But remember, singing an instrument, it's only a vehicle. Remember, if you want to go to, if you want to go to Wexford, it's not the car. It's Wexford. The car is the vehicle. Rufus would know this. It's, it's, it's the destination. The car is the vehicle to get in that way. Singing and the instrument is a, is a vehicle and a tool for us to express our love to the Lord, you know, from, from our heart. So that's the two times we praise and give thanks to the Lord. Night or morning. Or the two way, uh, uh, sorry, the two, the two times, night and morning, the two ways, uh, singing and uh, an instrument, okay? And about, and, and, and there's two things when we praise the Lord as well, two additional things. We can sing to who, to what, is we can sing, uh, we can praise to the Most High, okay, our Lord, or the love and kindness, the things that he has done for us. So, so when we're praising the Lord, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, whether it's singing or an instrument, and then says, okay, well, what are we praising about? It's generally, if you think about it, whenever you're, you're praising the Lord, it's either one of these two things. You're praising for God of what he is and who he is, okay? Or you're praising for what he's done for you in your life. Okay, so either one of those two things you're praising for, okay? Um, yeah, so, it's, so, so those three verses, uh, what I want you to take is, first of all, it's a good thing. So, so if, we, if, we, if you have a list, God, I need to write a, li a list of good things for me to do in my life. Well, this is it here, okay? Uh, to praise the Lord. And it doesn't matter if it's in the morning or at night. It doesn't matter if you're singing an instrument or it doesn't matter. Or you can do both if it's uh, 
for the Lord or for the good, good things he's done in your life, okay? And uh, one thing I want you to remember is at the first verse, give thanks to the Lord. And that's one of the foundations I talked about. Do you remember? A gratitude, a powerful antidote, okay? And, and you know the good news is? We don't need to go to the, to the doctor to get a prescription and pay for it to get, to get this antidote. We've got it for free all the time. And it's not just an order, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful antidote, giving thanks. And I, I don't wake up any morning without I start that before my feet hit the ground. Some people say, well, first of all, thank God you're alive. And then you can get out of bed the first thing. But like I, I start the day off and I'll give the foundation because... Uh, the devil or Satan, he tries to get our mind first thing in the morning. Why is that? Because your mind is not awake and it could be very sensitive. So, so, so Satan tries to get into your mind first thing in the morning. And as you know, the, uh, the first half an hour of your morning can determine how the rest of your day goes. So if you start off with gratitude, that's a powerful antidote for the morning. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, it's, uh, I think I might get this, um, do you ever see when you go to a home and you get pictures? Uh, it could be either like a picture of a, of a family or it could be just a picture of a, of a landscape. But sometimes you get these pictures where they've got these um, writings, you know, like a verse or something in it. One I'd like to get, and I seen it, and it wasn't a picture, it was done on these um, uh, wooden planks. So like, it was like several wooden planks and in it was engraved verses one and two. And when I seen that, God, that would be great. So like, like it was, and it was in the, the King James Version. It says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy love kindness in the morning and faithfulness every night. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great plaque to have up? I think I'm actually, I think I wrote the goal is that uh, I'm gonna get that made up. It's easy to make up. You just get the planks and all that, you know? Um, another thing I want you to show it, see here is, uh, and thy faithfulness every night. Why, do, why does it say thy faithfulness every night? Well, first of all, because you've got through the day. How many times have you have gone to bed uh, at night and, and, you've, uh, and, you're, and you're going to bed healthy, no troubles, it's, you've gotten through the day, okay? So, so you're, you're, you're showing thy faithfulness every night. So you're giving gratitude that, thank you, God, I got through, uh, you got through the day. And I'm going to give you my a personal intake of what I've seen this, of this first two verse before we go into verse four. You see here we're talking about praising the Lord, okay? Uh, as you know, my passion is birds, okay? Uh, and birds... First of all, it's, it's God's creatures. God created the whole world. And, and it's, uh, for me, uh, it's for somebody to say uh, uh, evolution, uh, because you see David Attenborough talking about these finches in the Galapagos Island is evolution. Um, well, for me, no way. There's no way I could look at birds and say there's a creator there. And also birds are one of God's creations. Uh, and also God rep represents the spirit. Uh, when, when Jesus got baptized, a dove did I mean, like an actual dove didn't didn't come physically. It was a spirit representing uh, like a bird, like a dove, you know. And 
uh, like like a dove, and uh, and and that, that would have been in Israel. And if anybody wants to know what the species was, the species of dove you get is called Oriental turtle dove. Here we have collared doves. There is Oriental turtle dove. So if it was a species, it would have been Oriental turtle dove. But but, but it just shows the spirit. My point is, my point is, the spirit represents birds, and also another thing as well, birds are singing. Okay. Well, we know birds are singing either for three, for three reasons. They're defending their territory, okay, number one. Number two, they're calling in females. The male's calling the female. And number three, the male is defending his territory from other males, okay? But you get birds singing. Sometimes they've already got the territory, they've already got their mate, and there's no threat of other males. They just sing for no reason. Why is that? They're praising God. They're praising God. And if I could pick, of all the bird species, 10,000, the most spiritual bird, it would be nightingale. Somebody, somebody says to me, Vittorio, what's the favorite song of bird you have in the whole world? Is the nightingale. In Ireland, we don't have nightingales. I've seen two of them on Salty in Wexford because they were rare migrants. I went to see them. In England, you get them in, in Africa. In Africa, they're there in the winter. And then when, when winter finishes, they come up to Europe. But unfortunately, they don't reach Ireland. They reach southern England, and that's about it. And they're very common in Italy in the summer. And when, when you go home, because this is something that is the closest you can get to a creature praising the Lord. The closest. If you had to pick a creature praising the Lord, it would, it would be this creature, this bird, and this species of birds, the nightingale. What I want you to do is, when you go home, go to YouTube and put in song nightingale. Now, if you want to enhance it a bit, in Asia, okay, because this is probably where Asia, it's called a thrush nightingale. So put in thrush nightingale song and just listen to that, okay? And the reason I was coming to that point is because nightingales sing throughout the night in their sleep. When I stay with my parents' house in the summer, the, it's so warm that the window has to be opened. And outside my parents' house is immediately these big oak trees. So from here to that door, to that, and do you ever notice when you go out at nighttime in a quiet street, everything you can hear noise really loud. So you can imagine in the country, uh, sleeping, the windows open night, the nightingale, it's like somebody has a big cigarette and it's just singing and singing. Now somebody says, oh God, that'd be so annoying. Uh, it's, 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 it wouldn't be annoying. If, you, if you've been doing some work in your house, concentrating something, you hear somebody drilling next door, that could be very annoying. Okay, or somebody's car alarm or house, that could be very annoying. You know, uh, you could be very impatient. But if you ever notice, if you hear a noise, like a wave, do you ever hear the waves of the noise of the birds? That's actually got the opposite effect, you know? It's, it's soothing for you spiritually. And, and, and that's why Lord likes a good noise to the bird. So that's, so, so nightingales, just, just listen to that. And uh, for me, I think, because it sings through the whole night. Okay, praising the Lord. So, uh, so I was thinking of nightingale of that. Okay, now verse four. Okay, we've also got, for thou, Lord, has made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Okay? So, 
for me, I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Remember, uh, for me, I could see that also as like, um, I will praise you, Lord, in my hands. But I mean, uh, you, you could be sitting down, as it says, and praising the Lord with your heart. Uh, and as it says, praising the Lord with your hands is just an instrument, it's a tool. It's, it's external, okay? It's just an external expression, okay? And what I want you to note for verse four is for you, Lord. Okay, so this is, this is for you, Lord. Uh, he, he's made me glad through thy work. So the works that the Lord has done in your life. Okay, and I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Okay, we will be uh, victorious. Okay, through him. Okay, now, verse 5. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. Now, have you, have you looked at that? In this day and age, we're not taught to be deep thinkers. I mean, if you if you look at some of the books of, of that they used to read back 20, 30 years ago, they used to be very, very, very deep. And in this day and age, you're not asked to deep think. And you know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. I mean, if, if we were to comprehend God's thoughts, would be it's it's like it's like an ant trying us to give us all the intelligence of our intelligence to an ant. You know, it's just like, it's incredible. But the Lord here is for us to appreciate how deep his thoughts are, okay? And how great his works are, okay? Now, verse six, uh, another interesting one. Uh, I'm gonna read it in the King James Version. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. Okay, so brutish, I don't know, in your, in your version, it could be senseless or stupid, okay? So, so what I mean by that is you can get people in this world that can seem very intelligent of things of the world, but if, if they don't know anything about God, that's what they're talking about here. He could be senseless, he's stupid, he's brutish, uh, he... Uh, he hasn't got a clue. Sometimes you can see if this polit basically anybody with high authority, whether it's government, company, or anything, high authority, if they're not, if they're not a Christian, uh, they can say stuff that's senseless, that's stupid, okay? And that's what God calls a fool, okay? So like the Pharisees, they could be very intelligent, but didn't know the true nature of God, and they could be uh, fools, Okay, so no fool understands this, you know. Uh, now seven, from seven on, just for a couple of verses, I want you to think of this word, just for these particular verses, the foundation of judgment, okay. Uh, when the wicked spring as grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. So, have you ever wondered, and you looked in this life and you've seen people, they're happy, okay, they can be very happy, um, they've got their home, their dream home, uh, they've got work, they've got money, they've, um, it, it looks like they're flourishing, okay, and have you ever seen now, you could see it now in the spring, 
it happens very quickly, like the daffodils just come up straight away in February, or the grass. Grass grows very, very quickly. I don't know for any of you who cut lawns, that you can cut a lawn, and then the, the, the grass springs up very quickly. So you could see people, non-Christian, non-believers, uh, you can see them springing up like healthy green grass in the spring, okay? So the wicked spring as the grass, okay? And when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, so they're flourishing, okay, on this earth. They're flourishing, okay? But they will be destroyed forever. Okay? So, so it's, it's sometimes we look at those, oh my God, look at them, they've got everything, but, but they're going to be destroyed forever. Okay? Would you rather that? Or would you rather... I mean, I, I believe you can have both, by the way, uh, but just n not to be disheartened because we know we won't be destroyed forever, okay? But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore, okay? So we as Christians, as believers, um, we won't be destroyed, okay? So whether we're flourishing or not here, if you remember in the Old Testament, God promised the people promises on this earth okay it wasn't for forever because that had to come in the new testament but for us if you actually in the bible we're not promised any good thing in this earth okay all our promises is is for after this life okay so um you know god doesn't promise you're going to have the perfect life he never promised that on this earth okay our promises is for after okay uh, but thou, Lord, O Most High, forevermore. Uh, I've seen that in a, in, a, in a different perspective, Most High, forevermore, when two different things came to my mind. In the Old Testament, they had this pagan belief that you, go, you had to go to a high place, uh, top of the mountain, the highest mountain, the top of the mountain. And why is that? Because they believed that God was up there. It was up in the sky. And, and if you are down low in the valley versus being high in the mountain, you are closer to God. So this says that we had to go up to the, to the top uh, of the mountain. And that was, uh, and that was an old uh, thing that a lot of the people in the Old Testament had. Now we know uh, that we don't have to go to the high, the top mountain. Why is that? It's because God is everywhere. Okay, God is everywhere. We could, we could, even in, down below ground, we could praise him. Okay, as low as you can get. And, and sometimes uh, I can be not found guilty, but I could be seen as if like I can get judged for this. But sometimes when I go bird watching, uh, I'll give you an example, uh, Mizzen Head. So Mizzen Head is the most southwesterly point in Ireland. It's coastal. But it's unique that it's not only the most southwesterly point in Ireland, it's got a very high point. A bit like close, it's a bit like you get cliffs of Moher and put it on the coast and at the most southwestern point. And Mizzen Head is a headland, but it's also a mountain and it's got a peak, a very, very high peak, and there's no houses surrounding it. And, it's got, and once you get to the peak, it's got this little um, uh, concrete tower with a little spike in the top to, sh to show that you're at the peak. And I love to go up to there, okay, to ponder, to meditate. But here's the difference. I don't go there to get close to God. 
I go there for me because if I'm praising God like in, a, in an environment where I've got these surroundings, so there it's Vic is, is, in, is in a quiet place. So I didn't go there to get closer to God. I go, I go there so my mind can be away from all distractions. That's a big difference. So when I go there, if somebody says to me, oh look, Vic is praising the Lord in that high point. No, 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 no. I went there to get away, and it's, it's me. I feel uh, I, could, I could meditate more, concentrate more, and that's why I love those points. I love those high points, and it's great for birds as well. <laughs> so, uh, verse... Uh, actually, another thing about the Most High um, that I always think about, I always see little things, and uh, there's an island in, uh, West, in Wexford, uh, it's it's uh, southwest west we have an island called Salty Island, so it's the most southeasterly point, and the island is owned by a prince in the UK, and he has a house, and there's a, there's a high point, and the prince on Salty Island has a throne. He's he's actually there's a you can go there, and he's got a house. So the all of the all of the island is uh, the east part is all rocky. And the west part is all full of bracken. It's just like overgrown bracken. But in the middle of it, you've got the prince's house. So his house, when he comes from England, he stays there. Now he gives it to uh, nature people to stay there to do nature surveys. But from the nature, he's got this, he made this um, cut the grass to do a path. And on the path is these palm trees. And then it goes up to the top of a high point. I'm not joking, there's a concrete, concrete throne. It's about that size, and it's a chair. It's like a full chair made of concrete, and it, does, it doesn't disintegrate because it's done perfectly, concrete thrown, it's on a high spot. And every time I go there, I always think of the Lord, you know, just sitting in the throne, like, you know, sometimes I just sit there, like, you know, and this, this is the Lord's, <laughs> the Lord's place, like, you know. So, so, like, when I think of the Lord Most High, that's, that's where the Lord uh, is seated, you know. Uh, so the Lord mo- is a Most High forevermore. So that's so. So that's that's the Lord seat. And when we go to a high point, remember we not we don't need to go to a high point to get close to the Lord. But I'd recommend for us individuals, it, it's good for us to go to a high point because because uh, when you're at a high point, you've no distractions. There's, there's nothing higher. There's nothing. There's nothing to your left, right. It's just, just so you can communicate to the Lord more clearly. Okay, just for that reason. Uh, number nine. Look at number nine. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord. For lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Okay. So, so did you see that? So, so that's judgment. Because if you go back, if you look at verse seven. It says, uh, the wicked spring is the grass, okay? But those enemies that are flourishing. So now here we're not talking about, uh, here we're talking about the wicked. We're ta- so the wicked or the enemies, or the enemies are the wicked, okay? They shall perish. Uh, and perish means perish. They'll be gone, destroyed forever, okay? And they'll be, their iniquities shall be scattered. Uh, iniquity scattered is like, you're, you're, you're going to the fire and you want to burn up some stuff. You're, you're scattering the dirt in the fire. You're scattering it's just going to be destroyed forever. So that's where judgment comes in those people. Okay? Uh, now we're the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So we're, we're, thank for that. Now look at number 10. 
But my horn thou shalt exalt like the horn in my in, in the King James of an unicorn. Okay? Now in your version it could say wild ox. Now when we're talking about, did you notice that wild? It didn't say ox and ox. So here you can go down to the country. Uh, and Audrey's familiar with this as well. If you go down to Tipperary, you can see the the uh, the cattle, but they can seem very tame and very mild. Oh, look at that beautiful cow, you know. But an ox is 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 the Rambo of cows, and and wild ox. I, I, I tell you one thing, you don't want to be confronted. Uh, you just go out of Ireland to these countries and go where there's an ox, a wild ox with a family, and and when it chases you, I put it this way, that's a wild ox. So now a wild ox or unicorn, uh, first of all, the horn. So we're talking about the horn. The horn is a representation of strength. Now, do you remember what I said at the beginning of this Bible? We talked about the three foundations. The foundation I gave was, you have given me strength, O Lord. Okay, so strength the representation is a horn okay and now i know we're talking about an ox but when we're thinking about uh, you, you think sometimes of a rhino you know because a rhino the horn uh could use that to, to, to defend to fight uh but here uh i, I think more in a spiritual sense unicorn so you know a unicorn it's like you know we always picture the lord and a white horse uh, I wonder will it be a unicorn or a horn, you know, because the horn represents strength. The Lord is our strength. So, but my horn, so horn is in strength and unicorn, wild ox. So you can't get more representations than strength than that. Horn, strength, wild ox, okay? So, but my horn, but my horn shall do exalt like the horn of a unicorn. So, God will give us that strength, okay? Just like that rhino has their horn, God will, God will give us that, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, okay? Now, are you ready for this? Do you remember uh, at the beginning I says uh, the uh, gratitude, a powerful antidote, and the other one, do you remember what the other one was? A fresh anointing. okay? So look at this, I shall be, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So God is going to give us strength, okay? Just like that smelly room, okay? <laughs> just like that, or just like my father's olive oil, okay? But in a spiritual sense, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, fresh oil is not talking about we're going to go to each of you and I'm going to get some of my father's olive oil and pour over your heads. You know, you're going to be coming all greasy and your clothes all messed up. No, you're going to be anointed with, with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that is going to give you not, not that strength. It's going to give you mental strength. Okay? Uh, spiritual, in a spiritual sense. So this is more spiritual sense. Okay? So anytime you see a unicorn or a wild ox or a rhino uh, and you see that, you could just see that big beast as, as, as strong uh, and you can see that horn representing strength and you can see that God has given you that but in a spiritual sense 
and then in a spiritual sense, just like my father's, I want to think of my father's fresh olive oil, fresher or that air freshener, it's given to you in the form you know, of the Holy Spirit, okay? So, so basically we want strength mentally and uh, um, spiritually, okay? Now, 11. Mine eyes also shall see my desire of mine enemies and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Okay, so here it's, the way I see this is like, you would be open uh, to see, okay, spiritually, uh, what your enemies, um, uh, their desire are, and your ears, the desire of the wicked. Um, so basically, I think what the Lord is saying here is, uh, basically we have victory. Okay, so victory. So the enemies, we, we could see, get people of the world here, they could say, do things to us. Uh, because we're spiritually minded, we could see what they're doing with us. But Lord has opened our eyes to see that, okay, uh, and we could so so we could see and we could hear uh, when people of this world uh, that whether their enemies are not, and because of that, that gives us victory. So we're blessed to have open eyes. Um, okay, that's the way I see that. Now, the next the next four verses. All of these verses are important, but if I could highlight the next four verses, I would actually put extra important, okay? I didn't want to just say, I was going to say the next four verses are important, but they're all important, but I want to put these extra four verses as extra important, okay? And this shows you a contrast from the judgment to us. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Now, who are the righteous? People, believers, Christians, people who believe in the Lord. Uh, um, we're the righteousness. We become righteousness uh, through the Lord. Okay? And flourish like a palm tree. I can really relate to this one, but I'm not going to relate it into uh, like people when they think of palm trees, they think of the Caribbean, of this green, low water white sandy beaches and, and you just get this one palm tree uh, palm tree or um, but the way I see palm trees uh, flourish like the palm tree now when we see palm trees so we just picture the leaves the green leaves but but in Israel the palm tree species they had produced food a lot of people don't know that so palm trees, people just think your palm trees like like in my house I've got a lot of plants. They just I try to get plants that don't need a lot of maintenance, like big green leaves. You can just water them every month and that's it. They're big green leaves. Um, people see palm trees like that. Uh, but in Israel, in the East at the time, the palm trees produce fruit and, and to produce dates. Uh, dates, they're like prunes or dates and and, and, and um 
if you Google dates and prunes, they're very healthy because when you get food, it might give you this protein or this mineral, this vitamin, but dates is one of the very, it's a superfood. It's uh, um, prunes, it's one of the few fruits, dates, they're very healthy. If you go, to, particularly if you go to an Asian shop, you better go to any Asian shop and ask for dates uh, and you just have three of them. Those three would be equivalent of a dinner and it gives you all the different elements of, of, of nutrition that you would need. Um, I mean, that, I'm going to bring up this, like, but Muslims, they, they, when they go fasting, uh, when they finish their fast, what they eat is three dates first because it nourishes them. You know, so, so, so I'm not being that's being Muslims, but just to show that dates are very nourishing. And palm trees produce fruit. And, and in Israel, it was the dates. So the righteous shall flourish like palm tree. Also, why will we flourish like palm tree? And I'm going to give you this example. And it just says God was talking about the example of, of palm trees flourishing fruit. But I could actually see that here in Ireland. I'll give you an example. If we're going to flourish like palm trees, uh, I've got an uncle in Clontarf, my mum's brother. And I go to try, to try to visit at least once every three months. And, 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 and also, uh, it's a good area for, for bird watching. Bull Island, you know, so it's a kill two birds at the one stone. But if you drive along, if you drive along Clontarf coastline, uh, Rufus will probably know if he's done some journeys during the day, uh, drive along Clontarf, you're out in the open, you're out in the coast, you're out in the sea, you're, 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 you're exposed to the elements of wind, uh, the, the sea air, um, the rain, there's no protection. And if you go along that road, you will notice on that road there's no trees, but do you ever notice there's palm trees on that, on that road? All along that road is palm trees. Now those palm trees, and as you know, Clontarf has been known to get hit by bad weather, by floods, uh, and those palm trees are exposed. So the wind, anytime wind coming in from the east coast is gonna hit those palm trees, okay? They're still there. They're gonna be exposed to flooding. They're still there. Also, they're exposed to an element, salt. Salt can damage, it's, it's very, if you go to coastal areas, you won't see a lot of tree species, and, and it's all barren, because there's a lot of species that can't survive the, the, uh, the, the salt air. But there you've got those tree flourishing. So when you look at those trees, wind, flood, uh, rain, salt, they're flourishing, okay? And see where it says, the righteous so flourish like a palm tree. So some people say, I can't relate to that because I, I, I'm not picking dates from a palm tree in Israel. Well, just drive, to, I want you to go to Clontarf on a windy, cold day and look at those palm trees, they're flourishing. That's how we're gonna flourish, okay? It's fruit like that, okay? And then the second verse, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, okay? Now, I can relate to this because at the moment in the process of getting the house furbished, so it's, it's when you're getting the house furbished, uh, you know, brick, stone, what type of wood, okay? In the Old Testament, it was huge, huge, whether it was the, the Ark of the Covenant or, the, or, the, or, the, or the, um, the, the temples or the buildings. Uh, in the old, all through the Old Testament, uh, Oh, they're talking about cedar, okay? And if you're building house with wood, it's not stone or brick, so if you want wood, the wood has to be 
strong. Okay, and cedar, if you can Google look, cedar is one of the strongest woods that you can get. Okay, cedar, I know wood is strong. Okay, all wood is strong, but not all wood. You can, have you ever seen some wood that it could deteriorate and you go to an old house and says, oh, we're going to refurbish this house, but keep the wood. And then the guys start pecking at the wood and the wood just fall. No, you can't. This, this can't even be repaired. Look at that wood. It's, it's just comes like dust. Okay, but cedar wood, it's like stone, like rock. It's, it's, it's so that cedar, like going back to the pantry, it represents strength. Another word I'd like to use as well is you can have something that's strong, but just like you could have a tower. Uh, uh, it could be, uh, the elements could be strong, but it's not stable. Uh, but cedar is also very stable as well. It's very good to make the house stability. So, did you notice here as well in this verse, and I only noticed it after when I read it the second time, it didn't say we'd be like cedar. You're saying, what? You, 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 but you says God is, we're the righteous first, I'm going to be like cedar. No. Did you see what it says? I'm going to read it from the, 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 the King James Version, so this would be the Hebrew. He shall grow like a cedar. So us, us Christians, we will it's not like a cedar is a cedar, it's already strong, correct? Like it's, it's a, a cedar, it's, it's, well, okay, it's a tree and it grows up, but like if you get a cedar plank, it's already a cedar. But we, we, we're not like cedars. We grow to be like a cedar, okay? So, so we're not there yet. Okay, even when we die, we, you know, by the grace of God, he'll fill in that gap. But we're, we're grown like a cedar, you know? And how do we grow? Well, I'll just give you one example. One of the best is just being in the Word of God. That's how we grow. Being in the Word of God is like you giving that plant, which is the cedar, because cedar is, is um, you know, is wood, okay? So wood is a plant, and, and, the, and, the, and it needs air, sun, soil, okay? And for us, the sun is the Son of God. The soil is the Word of God, and the water is the Holy Spirit, you know, and, 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 and just the way you're giving that plant that becomes cedar, for us, this is just coming to me now, by the way, so, so for us, uh, we will grow to be like a cedar by being in the Word of God with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord. Okay, so we grow to be like a cedar. That will give us then strength and stability. And also, do you see the contrast here? There's another contrast that... Look, look, keep your eyes on verse 12, but if you go back to verse 7, okay? So simultaneously look at verse 7 and see 12. Do you see a contrast there? See two words? See where it says, the wicked spring as grass, and we shall grow like cedar. Grass and cedar. See that? Grass could easily be, you know, cedar. That's a big difference. The wicked will seem like they're flourishing, but they're like grass. Grass are skinny little blades, okay? Cedar represents strong stability, okay? In Lebanon, okay, now 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Okay, so um, 
those that planted in the house of the Lord, the house of the Lord, Lord's kingdom, uh, were planted there. Uh, when, when you think of planted there, you think of you've got a garden and you get this particular plant and you plant it in your garden. So we as individuals, we're going to be like all those plants. We're going to be planted in God's garden, in God's kingdom. And we flourish in the courts of the Lord, courts of the Lord, his kingdom, heaven. So that's, that's where we're going to flourish there. That's the way I see that. Okay, now, verse 14. Can we all look at verse 14? And uh, this is very interesting, this verse. They shall, <laughs> they shall still bring forth at an old age. <laughs> at an old age. So a lot of people say, oh my God, I'm not looking forward to getting uh, old. Uh, nothing wrong with getting old. Uh, age or just uh, age this is all oh, I don't think I'll flourish when I'm older I'm past my strength my youth um, I mean you can get 86 year olds uh, flourishing more than people in their youth uh, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why he brings this up as well they shall bring spring forth fruit in an old age if, if, just think of this this way, and this probably happened to you subconsciously, mind wrote and own it. Have you ever spoken to, let's say, a teenager? How's your life? Like, how's, let's, let's say, uh, somebody in their twenties and they're just, just married or just starting their life. How's your life? Oh, fantastic. Uh, oh, flourishing. Okay. You don't, oh, brilliant. Fair play to you. Now, would you agree with me if you see a couple and they're in their late eighties and you see them, holding hands and they're genuinely happy and you ask them you look in their eyes how are you oh, i'm so blessed and so happy okay doesn't that does that have an effect on you rather than the guy because they've gone through all that life they've got more experience more time more wisdom so so somebody uh, that's why i'm very encouraged when i see somebody in their 90s and they're very happy very healthy and blessed in the lord it's, uh, they're fruitful. So we can be even more fruitful in our old age than we are now. And, 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 and this verse is a promise as well. See that? They shall bring forth fruit in an old age. Okay, that's a promise. And, and in my, you're going to laugh at my one says in the King, you could look this as well. It's not just my own. If you look in the King James Version, not the New King, the King James Version, okay, they say, I'll read the whole verse. I'm going to read it, the second part of this verse in the King James Version. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. <laughs> so when it says fat, I mean, immediately we picture somebody like, uh, not big, uh, but like fat, you know, like means that they did food, you know. But we know, we know what that means. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we, I don't need to go there, so we know what that means. I'm flourishing, okay? So, so basically, the point I want to get is that in your, in your old age, even in your 80s, 90s, and beyond, we can still be fruitful, okay? And that's a promise. And, and verse 15, to show the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him, okay? So, uh, the Lord is our rock, and there's nothing more solid, more strong, more stable than a rock. And, and to show the Lord our uprightness, and uh, there's no unrighteousness in him. 
Okay, so there's, if there's no unrighteousness in him, that means there's righteousness in him. Okay, uh, and then I just want to um, just finish up with just three points in, in all of this as well. It's going a different subject, but three points that this points to Jesus Christ. Okay, so all of this, okay, where does this point to Jesus Christ? Because normally when we go to the Bible, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, you know, in the future, and the, uh, and the Testament, Old, New Testament points to Jesus going back. But um, if you look here, if you go to verse 5 for a second, back to verse 5, and this is where the first point of where this points to Jesus. So, so, so the first point is that the greatest of God's work are seen in Jesus Christ. So, so you can see that. Uh, o Lord, how great thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. So the first point is the greatest of God's works are seen in Jesus Christ. So that's the first point of pointing to Jesus Christ. The second point, if you look at verse 8, okay, but thou, Lord, are most high forever. So the second that's pointing to Jesus Christ is Jesus is on high forevermore. Okay, that's the second where this is, is point to Jesus Christ. And where else does this Psalm 92 point to Jesus Christ? Okay, I could nearly, you could have a look at the rest of the verse and you could nearly pick it out. So we're verse 9, all the enemies of Jesus shall perish. Okay, so that's point to Jesus, that all the enemies of Jesus shall perish. Okay, so, so I hope and my pray that not just for yourself, but myself, all of us that uh, think of that unicorn or wild ox or the, the horn and, uh, as strength, stability, that strength that the Lord has given us that uh, spiritually. Uh, and I want all of us, I know, actually, I, I know, I know that God will uh, like that smelly room with the air freshener or my dad's olive oil, that we're going to be anointed spiritually. Uh, and, and, but I want you, here's your part though, I want you to wake up every morning um, uh, with that gratitude, because that, that's your antidote, okay? Because nothing comes for, it, it, you have to have an antidote. I mean, if you have a headache, your headache is not going to go away if you don't take the antidote. So, so our part is we have to have that gratefulness, you know? I mean, you can go through this life of, I'll finish with this last point. You can go through this life. We're all believers, okay? And we're all going to be with God in the kingdom of heaven. We're all going to be with Jesus, okay? But you can go in two different ways. And the way I can see this, it comes back to me, a cartoon, the Ice Age. You know when you've seen the Ice Age? And all these cartoons, the Lion King and all these, all these characters, you always get a bunch of characters together, correct? Oh, God. But they've all got different attitude. They can be all going through, I don't know, through the, this forest, that's evil forest. And you can get these cartoon characters that are going through with fun and all that. No fear, no, yeah, yeah. Then you get all these other guys that are going through very, very fearful. I remember in the Ice Age, I think the two squirrels, they were going through the whole thing with just laughter. And the elephants, they were going through with anxiety, fear, and worry, okay? So in this life, we're all gonna be with Jesus, okay? And even what I was thinking is, you can get that person in jail uh, and, he's, uh, and, and, and he says, I'm going to commit suicide. Why do you think that person in, in, in jail, when I, when I say jail, for him it's jail, but, but for somebody else it could be 
a circumstance, whether it's drugs or something bad happens, life could be their jail or something bad happens, whatever, whatever that bad circumstance is, could be their jail. And they want to get to a stage where they want to commit suicide. It's not the circumstance that gets them to kill, it's they don't see any hope. Okay, it's when they don't have any hope, that's when they want to commit suicide. Or if somebody is depressed, they're not depressed because of the situation, they're depressed is because they don't see a way out or hope. Okay, so, so if, you, if you ever see someone that's suffering from, you know, I want to kill myself or I'm so depressed, okay, it's not because of the circumstance, it's because they don't see the hope. If I told you you were in jail and you were in that jail and I said to you, you got a text, I've got good news, uh, I'm coming tomorrow and I've got the key and I'm going to release you and you're going to be free, okay, what will your attitude in, in that jail be? You'll be jumping up with, with joy, okay? And here's the interesting thing. When you come out of that jail, you'll be jumping up and all the people will be looking at you. Why are you so happy about it? You're so happy. Now, you can get the person, you can get the person that's living, that's not had bad or good, just living a stable life and he's living a stable life. Whereas anybody that's come through bad circumstances overcome that once the Lord has delivered them from that depression, that suicidal thought, that birth circumstance. When they come out of it and they're delivered, like you've got the key, I'm sure all of us, we're all at an age, and I'm nearly 100% in this, that all of us have had in our past certain situations that happened at the time were so bad that we got delivered from them. I know we have in different situations. And then when we got delivered from that, we jumped up with joy. I don't just think of any situation where something bad happened and you got delivered, it got sorted out. You jumped up with joy. So my point, it's a long point, but my point is we're all going to go to Jesus, but we can go through this life either with faith or with fear. Have you heard the, the expression that when, all, when the Lord sees all of us, he's going to say, well done. Now, do you want him to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant? Or do you want to say, well done, good and fearful servant? You know, he'll say one of those. He'll still, he'll still say, well done. But will he say, good and faithful servant or good and fearful servant? So this psalm, I believe, will give us strength, refreshment. But uh, just remember to be grateful. That will be the, the antidote for the circumstances at the moment. And we do have hope in the Lord, uh, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.